here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome back to the Overnight Crowd. Paul Heath with you in the studio on SEN. The uh, text line in studio for the Overnight Crowd is 0433 98 11 16. If you'd like to get involved in anything we've been talking about or anything you've seen around the sporting world or otherwise in Australia, New Zealand or around the world on the SEN app, we'd love to hear from you on the Overnight Crowd. And coming up next... It's always a fun time when we get to have a chat to one of our favourites, and it is Jasper Chalapa, an absolute gun rider for the Inner Sanctum, joins us on the Overnight Crowd. G'day, Jasper. How are you doing, Hita? I hope you're well. Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for the time once again. Uh, let's start with the AFL draft, and looking back on it now that the dust has settled, any major takeaways from the two nights of drafting action? Yeah, I thought Freya, your mob, absolutely crushed it. And not not just because they got Matthew... Johnson in the in the second round um, with with that first pick on on night two, but I thought their selections on night one were brilliant as well. I wanted them to go local. I thought that was the best option to to kind of bolster their list a little bit. And what they did by getting Jay Amos, who's yeah the the best key forward in the draft pool, not named Sam Darcy, and then also to get Neil Erasmus, who could be absolutely anything, um, possibly the the most spike-like kind of guy. Um, in this draft, not named Jason Horn Francis. So I think what they what they were able to do in the top ten was awesome. But then also to get Matthew Johnson, who they, who they were you know genuinely considering in that top ten, um, was you know just a, a great bit of bit of business, a, a bit of fortune to see him slide out of the um, first night. But I also think that you see a guy like this pretty often on um, if we're talking through from round one to round two, because clubs in that late round um, round one kind of window have their eyes set on a guy and. And they don't often deviate from that plan. I think we saw that with um, GLUS, that they were always going to take Lekalia. They didn't let anyone know about it because that's the guy they pinpointed for, for, for their selection at pick 15. Um, same with, I guess, the Lions looking at Kai Lohman, who was a bolter. They were always going to take him. And even if a, a prospect like Matthew Johnson was on the board, um, Lohman was just going to be their guy. So the fact that he got through to them um, with their third pick in the draft was just uh, incredible for them. Is there anyone still remaining over that's uh, set for a training stint in hopes of getting added at a later date? Yeah, I'm hoping a, a Marga River boy, um, Cade Dittmar, gets a look in. He's one of the tougher boys in the in the draft pool. And um, I know, I think the Eagles are looking at um, having him train on with them over the preseason. I think he'd be a great get for, for West Coast. Um, but for, for most clubs in the in the league, he's, he's a bit of a prospect because he needs to tie up his skills. But what he's able to do with the footy um, and with teammates with the footy as well, he's, he's the best, um, almost the best player in the draft in terms of a guy who can lay a bump or a shepherd or just do the unselfish things um, for, for your club. And I think it's really important to have those guys um, on your on your list. So hopefully Dittmar gets a look in, um, as well as a guy who's going to be training on with, with the Don, Ronald Fejo Jr., who's one of the more exciting players, uh, small forward, can move up onto a wing, was probably Allies' best player in their state championships game against SA. I thought um, he looks uh, probably a class above that level even. Um, so hopefully he performs well on the training track over summer and gets looking with the Dons who have two um, SSP list spots available. What about someone like Greg Clark uh, getting a crack at West Coast after such an impressive burst in the waffle? Uh, he looks uh, ready-made as far as AFL players go. Yeah, yeah. 
and you would have watched your fair, fair bit of Waffle this season and over the last few seasons as well. Watching Greg Clark's one of the highlights of watching the Waffle. It, it, the man mountain he is, um, <laughs> he's what, 194, probably probably tipping 100 kegs. So he's just, he's that big bodied mid who lays tackles. He laid like 14 tackles in the Waffle Grand Final on his way to win the Simpson medal. Um, he was a stellar in that um, final series. I think he laid something like almost 30 tackles over two games. Um, and what he, I think, you know, what he adds to a West Coast midfield immediately with no Jack Redden to start the season off, um, it's going to be really important because you've got runners like a, like a Tim Kelly and an Andrew Gaff kind of floating around. Luke Shuey's, you know, been a, a really injury prone the last couple of seasons. I think Greg Clark is so important to their midfield mix already stepping in day one. Um, I think he's going to play round one and, and look to build a really strong campaign um, in his first season in the AFL. Probably should have come a couple of seasons ago as well. Mm. Uh, Garrett McDonough uh, has a pretty cool story as well. He's riding at clubs so he thought he'd be of interest too, and uh, he's ended up at Essendon. Yeah, well, you, you hear the stories of punters making their way over to the US and having you know, success stories. You know, Aaron Sipos right now is, is looking amazing for the Eagles um, as, as one example in the NFL, but the guy, for, for every guy you see, there's you know a dozen guys who don't make it after their career path changes after not getting drafted in the AFL. What what Garrett McDonough's done to try that out, see that you know it's not it's not give it give a red hot crack first up, see that it's not turning out, and then turn his attention back to footy and give it a red hot crack as well. His form in the VFL was sensational. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to get drafted simply because he is 24, 25 years of age, and um, it, that's quite mature age for for the AFL draft, but. He's probably the best kick in the draft straight up coming coming into the AFL system. And uh, the Dons have obviously targeted that. They, were, they had the highest disposal efficiency of any team in the league last season, surprisingly enough. You probably don't expect that of, a, of an Essendon club in nope. the last decade or so. <laughs> but uh, I think what, what he's going to add to that team round one, hopefully, um, could, be, could be pretty immense. He could be looking at maybe someone like Tommy Cutler's spot or, or just, a, just a spot on the wing because... He is such a good ball user, and he's you know, his left foot you know, travels 60 metres on a chest. It's, it's pretty awesome to watch. Is it ever too early to look ahead to the 2022 draft as well, Jasper? Uh, Will Ashcroft, uh, Jasper Fletcher, sons of uh, the 318-game triple premiership great Marcus and also 231-game five-club veteran Adrian, respectively, both seen as good things at the top end of 2022? Yeah, Will Ashcroft is an absolute jet. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching his um, kind of season unfold, I think. Yeah, you know, the Lions could be matching a bit inside the top three um, for him. And a, a couple of father sons as well, as well as Ashcroft. Um, the Alwyn Davy twins for the Dons, that's going to be exciting to watch along with. They're not quite ready in the first round right now, but um, one of them's had an ACL reconstruction lately and um, the other one is building his form. They're, they're going to be a really exciting duo to watch. They're, they're a bit taller than um, their dad, who was you know probably <laughs> one of the shorter players in the AFL during his stint with the Dons. But, yeah, similar, small forward, crafty type. Um, Alan Davy Jr. has an incredible left leg and he's kicked a few blinding goals on the run already. So I'm excited to see what they're able to do in their draft year as well. Let's move over to a bit of NBA action. And it was the Ball Brothers Cup today with Lonzo and Lamelo battling it out. <laughs> uh, the Bulls got a bounce back at W, uh, 133 to 119. Bit of a split decision on who the better brother was today, though. No, I think I went to Lonzo. As much as I love watching Lamelo play, and then I go for the Hornets, uh, it did go to Lonzo. He, he kind of guarded him the entire time as well, which was really great to watch. There were, there were some great flicks to come out of that one, um, some good photos. But uh, what Lonzo does on the defensive end, I don't understand how the Chicago Bulls' defense is so good. They have like some below-average defenders in, in Vucevic, who's not, not a very good rim protector. Zach Levine, even DeMar DeRozan statistically, 
um, over the course of his career has been a, a blow par defender, even, even if he looks all right on the court. But Lonzo Ball, um, Javonte Green, and then obviously Alex Caruso off the bench, those guys, uh, they completely hold it down. And, and what Lonzo was able to do against Lamelo Ball, uh, Lamelo's stat line you know, came out pretty well, 18-7 and 13 assists. But he was also 5-15 from the field and, and committed quite a few turnovers. So uh, I think Lonzo gets the chocolates here because he does get the win, but he also had 16 and 8 himself and, and hardly missed a three-pointer. Um, so, yeah, he, he definitely got the win, but I think Lamelo will be the better player. I don't think um, those chants at uh, United... <laughs> yeah, I don't think the chance at United Arena will be... Um, Lonzo is better for too much longer. Yeah, it was uh, that defensive side of the Bulls is uh, so exciting, as you say. I love watching uh, Alex Caruso on a lockdown job. Uh, some unfortunate yeah. news today in the NBA with Kemba Walker uh, today removed from the Knicks uh, rotation. Uh, what does that mean for the player and the team? Yeah, well... <laughs> This is my. This is the reason I got into basketball. I was watching, so I, I chose a player out of that draft, um, his draft year, and decided I'd follow them, whatever the team they go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the reason I go for the Hornets now. I've been a long-suffering Hornets fan. But what Kemba did for UConn during that fairy tale um, March Madness run, and then what he's done over his career for the Hornets is incredible. It's, I think I tweeted today something along the lines of it's one of the worst feelings in the world when the player you love so much and your favorite player is getting old and. Yeah. Um, kind of falling out of rotation right now, unfortunately. I just don't think this is a, a great matchup um, in the first place going to the Knicks. You know, it's a homecoming for him. He's a Bronx boy, but uh, the Knicks where Tibbs plays his starters 38 minutes a night, I just don't think that was the fit. Um, for the Knicks, you know, they're in trouble. And, and I think they realize that right now um, their starters aren't getting it done and, and they ha- they've hardly played a fourth quarter together all up the starters. So, I think Kemba out of the rotation makes sense for them in, in their past. I think Alec Burks has been outplaying him. Um, for Kemba, I, I can't see a team in the league, unfortunately, that looks at him and thinks it's a good idea to pick him up on his high 20s, $20 million a season salary, plus the injury history, the recent injury history, um, and then add in the, the low shooting percentages and the, you know, the lack of defense because he's just a smaller guy. Um, I can't see a, a team in the league that would pick up his contract and, and give him some decent minutes right now. Yeah, I saw a headline saying the Clippers, but uh, I'm not too sure if there's a fit there or not. Yeah, they're getting a bit desperate with that Kawhi. I think they're you know quickly realising that Reggie Jackson putting up 25 shots a night is not going to get the job done, <laughs> and, and Paul George can't do it all on his own. So, yeah, you're right. The, the Kemba Walker to the Clippers fit could actually be the best in the league, but I don't think it helps either him or um, the team too much past you know, maybe making the playoffs. Josh Giddy triple double watch continues. Uh, only two points, uh, seven and five today, and a loss to the Rockets. And the Rockets have got three in a row. What's going on there? Yeah, and Kevin Porter Jr. on the other side of the ball got his um, last rebound of the game. I think there were three other Rockets in the vicinity who were who were waiting for him to grab the board so he could pick up his triple double. <laughs> yeah. um, not quite Giddy yet, and I think the last time they played the Rockets, I called it, but. It hasn't eventuated. It will soon. I'm hopeful of it. Kate Cunningham got his as well last week. Um, so we are on giddy watch. But this this OKC team started the season really hot and it was really promising. Right now, they're, they're kind of falling a bit and we're, they're back where we probably expected them. Lou Dort's percentages have come, have come down and Shea is really struggling from where he was um, last season and even a bit earlier on this season. So, yeah, they're, they're falling a bit back towards earth and that's probably what you expect from a team that, you know, I think I say this every week, but the team that doesn't have, have a true centre and um, has, quite, has quite a few injuries right now. So, you know, they're, they're exactly where we expect and Giddy um, has exceeded all of our expectations despite 
not um, quite getting that triple-double yet. Um, but it's, it's, it's coming here, I swear it's coming. Yeah, I swear. <laughs> uh, Steph Curry got teed up the other day, and like he said on Twitter, uh, Steph is disgusting when he's in a bad mood. <laughs> he is disgusting. I watched this, I watched this last quarter, and uh, he got fouled when he drove to the rim, and Terrence Mann knew it, and the rest didn't know it, unfortunately. So he, <laughs> he got a bit hot under the collar. I thought he was going to pick up a, a consecutive tech, and I think they were about five points up at that time. Um, and then within three minutes, he'd hit three threes and teed up the ref on his own. So uh, he blew that game out of the water like he usually does, Steph Curry. Um, he's the best ticket in town right now and in terms of sport, um, in terms of world sport. And I don't think you can find something more um, or better to watch than Steph Curry going off in the fourth quarter. So, you know, he's what he's doing with the Golden State Warriors, who aren't quite fully healthy yet either. They got Clay Thompson That's coming back still. So scary. Um, it's pretty exciting. It's. It's back to 2015, 16, yeah. 15, 17 Warriors levels. Sort of um, levels, yeah. It, it, it's genuinely incredible to watch what he's doing at age 33. He's, I think I read something about him having a second peak, but I don't think he ever went away. I think he was just <laughs> injured and, and took a back seat when KD was in town. His peak has been since he was about 25 years old. It's, it's staggeringly good to watch. Uh, move over to the NFL and the 49ers, three straight for your boys, and uh, Perth legend Mitch Wisniewski doing some great work out there as well. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's pumped for great and um dixon as well today for the seahawks his right leg got a bit of a working out with their terrible <laughs> offense um but the 49ers three in a, um three in a row as you said and they're sitting pretty comfortably in the wild card spots right now the nfc um they're kind of it's kind of a not even a race for the wild card spots um considering the rams and the 49ers almost have their positions sewn up um just a bit over halfway through the season so it'll be interesting to see if a team like the Vikings, who, they, who the Niners beat on the um, last weekend, or um, even the Washington football team, who had a big win, can can kind of make one of their spot one of those spots their own and actually compete in the wild card round. Um, otherwise, it's, it's looking like a bit of a run over for the Rams or the or the Forty Niners right now. Uh, the Patriots uh, get themselves another win over their injury ravaged Titans, and Bill Belichick got the hand firmly up for Coach of the Year to go beside his best dressed award. Do you think? <laughs> best dress you think it is? Uh, yeah absolutely uh, far and away in my opinion the coach of the year I think every other team has had some highs and some lows the Patriots probably um, have had their low to start the season but what they've done consistently um, finding the run game and then Mac Jones as well over the last six weeks almost I want to say um, they're, they're the hottest team in the NFL right now and I'm happy to I'm happy to call that uh, Belichick I think has proved all the doubters wrong, um, thinking that Tom Brady might be the key to his success. Mm. I don't think that's true in the slightest. Uh, what he's been able to do with Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, and you know even some you know some some injuries as well. They haven't had fully fit tight ends. They haven't had fully fit running backs over the last month, and they're still their offense is firing on all cylinders. It's been pretty incredible to watch. So it was a real put it out of its misery game today as well between the Seahawks and Washington. But uh, was Washington <laughs> getting the W? Make it stop. Oh, my goodness. I thought <laughs> there, was a, there was an onside kick recovery with 20 seconds left, two points down, the Seahawks were. Um, and I thought, you know, I thought we were going to go through, like, overtime or we are going to have, like, some ridiculous finish to this game. And I just didn't want to watch it anymore. There was about 40 punts between them during this game. And uh, thankfully, that got, you know, came back for a flag, which, you know, almost summed the game up. And mm. then... Uh, they went for the onside kick again, um, and they nearly got it again, but 
thankfully there was a fumble in the the football team got that got that ball back. But it was pretty hard to watch Antonio Gibson ran the ball about thirty times for my fantasy team. So that was probably the only positive to come out of the game. He, he definitely won't be my matchup. <laughs> Happy with that. Uh, are you getting into a Super Coach Big Bash League this season? So I, I actually am. My my good friend and writer of the Sanctum. Um, Will Cuxon has put together an all you need to know for the Big Bash uh, Super Coach, and I've you know kind of followed that like a Bible. And my team looks pretty good. Uh, this is the first year I'm going to be doing it. I don't know too many names. I don't follow the cricket as much as I follow other leagues, unfortunately. But I'm going to be heavily into the Ashes. I'm going to be heavily into the Big Bash this year, um, and I'm looking forward to to watching it all. I'm a Perth Scorchers man, like I assume you are as well, Hita. We're putting together a pretty good team, so. I think we're going to be missing English. We're going to be missing Mitch Marsh to start the season, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm confident we can we can put it all together. Any tips or tricks uh, for those other beginners as well, like myself, that are about to pick their first side? Yeah, I, I'm definitely not the person you go to, but I'll, I'll <laughs> let Will Cuxton know. One thing he has told me is pick Josh Felipe. Um, that, that's an automatic. And okay. I think you need to load up on the on the teams who have double game week. So I think to start that, it's, it's the Brisbane Heat. And it's the Sydney Sixers um, in round one. So I've loaded up. I've got Tom Curran. I've got Chris Lynn. Um, I've got a couple others as well, some, some okay. uh, heat bowlers. So uh, I think that's the way to go. And hopefully I can keep my head above water for the first couple rounds while I learn the game. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And uh, I understand you hit the court tonight as well. How did you go? <laughs> yeah. So I got uh, contact lenses maybe two or three weeks ago when right. I realized that my eyes just were not going to live up to playing basketball um, without glasses on anymore. Uh, I got probably glasses maybe two years ago, and from there they've just got – they've gone downhill. And as a writer and as a journalist, um, standing in front of – or sitting in front of the uh, computer screen yeah. for days on end doesn't uh, – isn't the world of good, as you might know, Heater. Um, but I – since I've got contact lenses in two weeks ago, I've hit about seven threes. Ooh. So I'm absolutely stoked with my performance. Yeah, nice. Not to um, – you know, I, I'm not a good basketball player by any stretch of the imagination, yeah. but – um, I'm getting the job done in our bush league, which is good. <laughs> Love to hear that. Yeah, I um, tried to play some AFL nines without my glasses, and basically, oh. you think you're going about you got the mark uh, covered, and then you realise, oh, it's, <laughs> it's in front of me, oh, it's behind me. So got a strap, and now I'm out there uh, running around with the glasses yeah. on. So the game has. I think, I think you turned completely. You very quickly realise that if you, you're not going to get the job done, you step out on the court and you're like, I, I, I'm seeing three of the basketball room right now. This yeah. is not going to end well. <laughs> and it's just lucky that our team is a tie-dye team. So it's easy to find, you know, our guys on the court or that, but otherwise I, I could be passing it to anyone. But uh, no, nah, since I've got the strap, things are turning around luckily. And uh, I think I might add contact lenses somewhere down the line as well. Maybe you should have a look at um, the goggles heater. Yeah, I was go thinking some, that. Go some cream out Jabbar. <laughs> Could be my time. It could be time to bring them back. And uh, <laughs> AFL Nines is the perfect place to do it. Uh, Jasper, thank you so much for the time and efforts on the overnight crowd tonight, mate. Uh, we'll keep up with your work on the Inner Sanctum. Appreciate it, Heather. Take it easy tonight, mate. That was Jasper Chalopa, an absolute gun rider from the Inner Sanctum and one of our favourites here on the Overnight Crowd. So uh, just looking back on the AFL draft across the two nights last week, a stop by of the NBA and also some NFL action and also 
a couple of little super coach tips there for you, picking your Big Bash League 11 side for the Overnight Crowds League. If you'd like to get involved and haven't done so yet, that code once again is 376438 if you'd like to join the Overnight Crowd Big Bash League, Super Coach League that we've got going on, kindly set up by Ed from Perth. This is the Overnight Crowd, 0433-981116. If you'd like to get involved, Paul Heath with you on SEN. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.